Back with your favorite podcasters, Black Ohioans. And I'm your host, Mr. Cashman himself. Mr. Drop a quarter in your sippy cup. Buku Cash. And I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Bird's World. Hey y'all, still here. All right, y'all, y'all back with the king. You know, I definitely had to do a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. We definitely got to talk about my brownies. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Listen, I got to get into my podcast about the Browns. I definitely want to talk about all the additions that they made during free agency. Because we needed these players. I mean, come on, man. A couple guys that they picked up in free agency, we definitely needed them on the team. Before I do too much and talk about all the guys that we just picked up, let me at least go over the old positional players that we had on the team previously. Uh, We all know how the squad lined up. We had Jarvis Landry at one. You know, that's wide receiver one. I put Odell at the two, but, you know, he really that number one receiver, and Jarvis more of a slot receiver. But, of course, you know, Jarvis Landry had more yards, more catches, and he was a more of a go-to receiver. So I put him at wide receiver one for last year. I did follow that up with Odell Beckham. Of course, you know, on the offensive line, we had, do I have, I mean, do I even have to fucking say his name? At right tackle, we had Chris Hubbard. I mean, I like you, Chris Hubbard. I've seen all the causes that you got going on. So I do respect, and I do Uh, I do appreciate how you do go out there and try to go with the community. And, of course, we all know that he did take the pay cut this year to stay on the team. So I I can't knock him too much. But he was just – he wasn't good. He wasn't consistent. He wasn't a good offensive lineman. When you play in that right tackle spot, they can line up anybody against you. They can have the best pass rusher against you or the second best pass rusher against you. And when you go on against a team like Los Angeles, when they put Fowler on his ass, woo! It was bad business. I mean, Fowler just ate his ass up. I think he had two tackles. I mean, wait, two tackles for a loss and what was it? Uh, almost three sacks. It's a nightmare. Uh, next to him, we had a rotator. You know, we had a rotating. First, we had the uh, the one guy uh, that John Dorsey went to go get. He used to coach him when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. But we brought him in from Chicago Bears. He's supposed to have been a good interior lineman. Actually, he was, um, I think he was a center. I'm not sure if he was a center or if he was a uh, just a right guard or a left guard. But um, he didn't work out. He didn't work out at all. And he had a perfect name. His name was Eric Cush. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely wanted to get me a Cush jersey. You know how we get down. But, uh, yeah, he didn't work out. We ended up trading, uh, I think it was a fifth-round pick to Buffalo. We got the kid Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller is a good prospect. I liked him when he was coming out in the draft. He went to one of those smaller schools. But when he was coming out the draft, we seen him at the Senior Bowl. And, you know, we always watch the Senior Bowl. And, you know, if you don't watch the Senior Bowl, you don't know none of these prospects that's coming out. And nine times out of ten, the Browns pick at least three players from every Senior Bowl. You can go back all the way until they got the guy Xavier Woods. I mean, I said Xavier Woods. My bad. My bad. That's on me. 
<laughs> they got the cat Xavier Cooper. He was a fast ass, one of the best first steps. I mean, everybody said he had one of the best first steps in the draft. We ended up getting him in the third round. Guess what? He's not even on our team no more. He was a defensive end. But, um, yeah, like I said, let's go back to Wyatt Teller. Yeah, like I said, he's a good player, man. He came in. He helped, uh, you know, stabilize the interior of the offensive line a little bit. And people saying that he could be a replacement candidate. But I think the kid is pretty good. And plus, it's only his third year in the league. Come on, y'all. Let's at least give a little bit of credit. Let's at least give these guys some time to, you know, mature and get into their positions. We can't just do that with the wide receivers. We got to do that with offensive linemen, too, you know. Somebody needs to start speaking up for the offensive linemen. Of course, next to him, one of my guys, J.C. Treader, definitely um, hit me up when he first got to uh, town from Green Bay. I hit him up. You know, we, we got the moving company, so I let him know, listen, I know you're coming in to Cleveland. Give me a call. i definitely move you for free. I mean, we might drop a couple things and all that, but, yeah, I definitely got you. And he hit me back up, man. He said, man, I'm just appreciative that they gave me an opportunity. And ever since then, every time I write something to the kid, he always sends something back. And they just gave him that three-year extension. He's been playing hurt for the last two years. Last two years, he's been playing hurt. And still hasn't missed the start. Still hasn't missed the play. He's been hobbled a little bit, but when you got the big all-pro next to you, Joe Petonio, it, it makes up for it. And then, like I said, when you got this kid, Wyatt Teller, come in there, he was a lot better than Kush. Kush couldn't handle a swim move. I mean, he was good with the up-front blocking, but if a person hit him with a swim move, shh, you know, Geno Axis was eating his ass up. But you can't do that when you got Joe Petonio next to you. And now with this guy, Wyatt Teller, like I said, he's a little bit wider than Kush. Kush was like a little bit more mobile. He was one of those pulling type of guards. Wyatt Teller is one of those guards that hit you face up. He ain't going to go out there and hit the second level like you would expect, like Kush would. Kush can go out there and hit that second level. He can get on that linebacker. But Wyatt Teller is a more a slide blocker. And with this new scheme that they're about to be running, he's going to be perfect in this. I mean, I'm, listen to me. Perfect in this system. Next to him, I mean, I don't want to say that we had the the infamous weed dealer. I mean, I got to say something. This kid was a second overall pick. I mean, I thought this kid was going to be real good. He ended up coming out, and, and I mean, like I said, he was a bust for the Rams. And I'm talking about Greg Robinson. Uh, he ended up going to Detroit, and I wouldn't even consider him a bust for Detroit because he never suited up for Detroit. He got hurt, I think it was early on. They traded for him, but he got hurt early on. He never really played. And he was he was decent for us in the two years that he played for us. The first year, they kind of hyped him up, got his head big, making him think that he was actually better than what the fuck he was. He wasn't, okay? But he was a decent offensive lineman. I think they were thinking about moving on, but I think they could have kept him. They could have kept him as a backup role just so they ain't so cash-strapped in the draft, but... You know, uh, like I said, you know what you know what happened with this guy. Uh, behind him, they had this guy named Kendall Lamb. Kendall Lamb, if you remember him, he's from the Dolphins. Uh, and when he played for the Dolphins, he was horrible. Then they ended up picking him up with the Texans. He played for the Texans. He was horrible. And then the Browns get him, and they're thinking, like, you know what? We're going to make this guy our starting left tackle. Never do some shit like that. The guy was horrible. He got in there for a couple snaps, and then he just really never made nothing out of it. Um, of course, you know I got to go to the backfield. My guy, Nick Chubb, me one of the best running backs in the league, have been one of the best running backs in the league. Even though I was down with Carlos High, you know, I still rock with Carlos High. He's an old Ohio State alumni, and you know you always got to represent our Ohio State guys. But, yeah, like I said, um, 
when Chubb got the ball, was no denying his talent. You know, you just looked at him, you seen what he could do. Once he hit that hole, that acceleration and the power in the runs, I can't put nothing past it, man. This guy know what the hell he doing when he got the ball in his hands. And even though, I mean, of course, I'm speeding forward, but even though they say he was ranked like in the top five, in the top ten with carries, it never seemed like that. I mean, you always looked at Nick Chubb like he needed to get the ball more. And he should have had the rushing title. I mean, of course, our dumbass coach, Freddie Kitchens, only ran him three or four times in the last game of the season. And then they ran Henry 46 times over the last two games. You know, ran his ass wild for the last two games. He ain't going to be the same next year. But they ran his ass wild for the last two games. That's the only reason why he was able to catch up and take the motherfucking title from my boy. But Nick Chubb, he did his thing. We also had Kareem Hunt back there. Oh, yeah. Give him a little something for Kareem Hunt. Let me, let me at least, let me get I got to put something up there for Kareem Hunt. I mean, because Kareem Hunt, his story is tragic, man. They didn't get his guy an opportunity. Hey, we all make mistakes, and once he made his mistakes, his mistake came back to hunt him in the ass. He right now should be making money like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey just got that $16 million contract. Kareem Hunt, he was the leading rusher when they was both rookies. He was the second leader rusher the very next year. Now, of course, he got kicked out of the league that third year. But when he came back this year, he still had, I think he had a, 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 over 500 yards. I mean, 500 yards. When a boy get balls in his hand, he know what to do with it. And that's what you want. You want a running back, when they get the ball in their hand, they know how to maneuver. They know how to go ahead and get that extra yard. We had a running back a couple years ago. Every time he got the ball, he fell backwards or sideways. He could never get the inch. You know, Kareem Hunt, he's one of those do-it-all backs that you need on your team. Uh, far as depth, I'm not going to go into too much of depth. I do want to talk about Drew Forbes. Drew Forbes is a guy they picked up in the late rounds. He was one of those guys, like I said, from the senior bowl that was just like a workout vet. Uh, he ended up getting hurt in training camp early. Uh, they put him on an injury reserve. They brought him back after a couple weeks. I think it was the eighth or the ninth week. I, I'm not exactly sure when he can bring him back. But when they brought him back, he, he, he couldn't take the position for Wyatt Teller. I'm just bringing this kid up because I want you to look for him in a preseason. Preseason, this kid should go ahead and try to make a name for himself because it was a lot of high hope for that guy. You know, everybody was talking about him. So I want to see if he can go ahead and steal that position, that right guard position from the kid Wyatt Teller. Uh, I didn't talk about our uh, tight ends. I can talk about the kid, Steven Carlson. You know, that was the guy off the practice squad that came in, made a couple plays for us. Or I can talk about the guy, Farrell Brown. You know, he was the guy that was on the practice squad the year before the year before, you know, and got in the game, made a couple things. But he's more of a blocker. They try to make him a pass-catching threat. He had a couple critical drops when we needed him. So I would never say a pass-catching threat. And he's really not that good of a blocker. I think he's more of a project, down-the-line type of guy. But uh, when they needed him to contribute, he really couldn't come through. Uh, my guy, the chief, David Njoku. I like David Njoku. No, for real, man. I like David Njoku, man. David Njoku is a good player, man. He's a workout phenomenon. I mean, like, if you look at this kid workouts, man, this cat is doing some unbelievable shit. I can't even do half of the stuff he's doing. And I'm talking about when I was in my prime. Let's not forget, too, he one of the youngest players in the league. I mean, like I said, he's been in the league for three years. I think he came out when he was only 20 years old. So let's get this kid an opportunity, man. Plus, we know this new coach, he like to run two tight end sets. I'm going to get to Alex. I mean, I'm going to get to um, Hooper. I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get to him. But I want to talk about the guys that was on the team last year. And I do got to say this. 
we let go one guy. You know, we let go one of the guys that I really liked. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to say uh, say it the wrong way, but um, it's Ricky Seals Jones Avenue Williams Wright Mailbox. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know exactly his whole name, but I'm gonna tell you this. The kid came in and played his ass off. I think the guy's like six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. He had a couple drops, but for the most part, he saved us at that tight end position. I think he was a good project player that we could have kept on the team. A third tight end, definitely. Uh, you know, they kept who they kept what Seth Duvall on the team for forty years. So I just knew they was gonna keep him resigned, and I know he wasn't gonna be asking for too much. Probably a one year proven deal or the league minimum. But I didn't think that this guy was going to get that much. And I see that he signed with somebody else. And he also didn't even get that much from them. So I think he was the guy that they could have kept on the team. But I seen what they did with the free agents. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't complain. Uh, when we moving into, I definitely want to move into the defensive side. Because, you know, ugh, the defensive side, this is where we really needed help at. I mean, if you look at the players I just mentioned on the offensive side. Oh, and excuse Baker Mayfield. Of course, I got to say Baker Mayfield. But. If you look at the players I just named on the offensive side, shit, that sounds like a stacked team. Don't it? It sounds like a stacked team. <laughs> Everything that we wanted, I mean, we got 2,000-yard receivers. We had a kid that was the second leading rusher in the NFL last year. We had another guy that was catching balls off the backfield all day long, and once he came in, they really couldn't stop him. Could you imagine him a whole season? You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be it's gonna it's a, it was a really good it was a really good offensive side, you know, it was a really good offensive side, but it just didn't translate into, you know, it didn't translate into wins. It didn't translate into everybody getting all these accolades that we were looking forward to at the beginning of the season. But it doesn't take away the fact that these guys were really, really good on that offensive side. And the free agents that we got, it's only gonna help it even be better. You want me to go ahead and say it? Oh, oh, you know what? They pushing me. They pushing me, man. They telling me I got to take a break. So when I come back, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the offensive players that we added to the offensive side. And then I'm going to go ahead and switch over to the defensive side. Because I know you guys want to know about the defensive side, man. That's what we do here. We talk about both sides of the girl. Holla. All right, we back with my Cleveland Browns breakdown. I definitely want to talk about the defensive side. No, 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 come on now. We got to talk about the defensive side of the ball. Guys like us, you know, that's one of our favorite things. You know, we love defense. We love seeing hitting. You know what I'm saying? And this year, it wasn't a lot of players that brought the bank. I ain't going to lie. I do like Mac Wilson. But I never was a big Joe Schober fan, so I'm not going to sit over here and holler and sit over here and say this. Hey, y'all can get mad if you want, but I just thought he made a lot of plays after the play. You know what I mean? After the line of scrimmage. If they needed three yards, you're supposed to stop him at least at the, not getting two yards, you know. But he was the type of guy, he'll stop you at two yards, but you're going to push his ass forward for the next yard or two. It don't supposed to be like that. But let me go ahead and start with the defensive line. Of course, you know, at left end, you know we got to talk about the beast from Texas, my boy Miles Garrett. Former number one pick, Mr. Smack-a-Bitch. Did you hear me? Smack-a-Bitch. 
just like that sound effect, man. And it matches with him. I mean, he showed his evil side. We all know uh, Path to the Draft and, you know, the Cleveland Browns, you know, they do the monthly thing, the weekly thing leading up to the season. They even go ahead and get a couple of the uh, preseason games going into it. And the guys was giving them all type of hell. Uh, Sheldon was at his ass, you know, Sheldon Richardson. Vernon, Olivier Vernon, you know, guys that's veterans in the league, they knew he was a kid. You know, you're talking about dinosaurs, man. You're acting all soft. And you six foot five, 280 pounds, a dominant force. And you over here acting like a kid. I mean, I'm be honest with you. I think the kid is a little bit touched. <laughs> I just like that sound. But listen, man, the kid, he did his thing. I mean, of course, he had the unbelievable, stupid, bunkers, Three seconds left mistake that he shouldn't have made. But prior to that, he already had some sacks in the season. And I think we have four more games left, five more games left. And could have led the league in sacks. You know, people don't want to talk about that. But I, I digress. I move on. Next to him, we had at one defensive attack, we had Larry Ogunjobi. We all love Larry Ogunjobi. He's a kid from Charlotte. Uh, he walked on at the program. Well, actually, they started the program, I think, as soon as he came there. You know, they were suspended for a long while. They ended up getting a suspension lifted, and they started it back up with their team. And he's the very first player to ever get drafted by um, Charlotte, the small school that he went to. So, got to give him a little applause for that. And he has been good. Every year that he's came in, he's gotten better. He got better. He got better. He got better. This year, I'm not going to say he regressed a little bit. I just think that we needed more plays out of him. And he made a lot of plays. It just didn't seem like he made it plays when we really needed him. Sheldon Richardson. A beast. I mean, you can't say nothing about this cat. Whatever. I mean, everything we needed him to do, he came with that fire. Sheldon Richardson switched over to the, I think it was the left end, or did they kick Oliver to the right end? I don't know how they did it, but he had to switch over to the end once Miles Garrett got drafted, I mean, got suspended for the rest of the year, and he still dominated. He was a great free agency pickup. He reminded me of Sean Rogers. And I know some people back there like, Sean Rogers, Phil Taylor. Who is these guys? But, yeah, these were also dominant defensive tackles that we picked earlier or got in free agency at a high price. Sean Rogers panned out. Phil Taylor, not so much. But, you know, I won't put him in the same category because Sheldon Richardson, he was already known when he was with the Jets. He was already a dominant force when he was with Minnesota. So, we already know how this guy is. We knew what he was when we got him. And that's why I kind of compare him to Sean Rogers. Sean Rogers, when he came over here from Detroit, we knew who he was. And he did kind of perform to a better level of our players, but not to the standards of what we was expecting. I think that's a better way I can put it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like Sheldon Richardson, he came over and did what we expected him to do. He was a little bit less than what was advertised, but I still think he had a very productive season, really good leader in the clubhouse, and I really liked that pick of Sheldon Richardson. Uh, Vernon, Oliver Vernon, oh, whole different story. I mean, Vernon was horrible. I mean, he was the worst free agency pickup since Dwayne Bow. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. I mean, he wasn't that good, man. We paying this guy $15 million a year. And I say we because the city, you know. I know it's the, you know, Haslam and they own everything, but they still getting tax money, man. So we got to say it. Loyal fans, loyal customers, season ticket holders. 
we need to say something about this. This kid needs to be off the team, man. He hasn't been good. I think he only had four or five sacks, six sacks, and that was just pity sacks. I mean, he, was, he wasn't getting off the edge. He didn't stop the run. I don't know where these guys getting that he was a decent player because i never seen it. And if they say he only missed six to seven games, shit. Check your timeline. He had to miss way more games than that because he wasn't productive at all. He was not the player that I thought he was going to be. I at least thought he was going to come in with nine sacks or at least 19 pressures off the edge, 18 pressures off the edge. At least I think I think my guy had, what, 18 to 22 pressures? And I'm talking about Miles Garrett? The guy that they talking about, they should trade and all this bull stuff? Yeah, the Cat Vernon was not good at all. He was horrible. He wasn't the player that we wanted him to be. And you know what? If he's gone, I would not be that mad. <laughs> Moving on to our linebackers. I want to put Mac Wilson up there at the wheel linebacker because we know, of course, he took over that position. But first, let me address something. I want to talk about Christian Kersey. Christian Kersey was a hell of a player for us. Now, I know the last two years, you guys haven't had an opportunity to see how skilled this kid was, but this guy used to fly around the field. He never missed a snap. When we had Jamie Collins and him two, them two were lined up against each other, next to each other, it was a formidable defense. These two guys had range, and when you got players on your team that have range, it's over with. When they know they can't go to that tight end, and when they know that if they try to do that sweep play or that slide the line, wait for a person to find a hole, and you got athletic linebackers, it's very hard to do that. You know, you got to be able to go ahead and stop and put your foot in the ground and make that pit. But what, if you can't do that, if you can't put your foot in the ground and make that, when I say pit, I mean pivot. When you put your foot in the ground and you can't make that pit, that's because a linebacker right there. That was Christian Kersey. He was always the one that stepped up, and even if he didn't make the tackle, he took out the lead blocker just so somebody else could make the tackle. He was an excellent player. What happened was, what happened to all linebackers? They get hurt. Whatever. And I don't care what y'all got to say. He was an excellent player until he started getting hurt. Once he got hurt, it was all downhill. He ended up picking on with the Green Bay Packers. I wish him best of luck. Hopefully, he still does his thing. You know, Like I said, hopefully... You know, and, and I do want to say this, the kid is from Iowa, too, so it's a little bit closer to home from him. So, and, and originally, of course, like I said, he is from Chicago originally, but he went to Iowa. So, like I said, man, hopefully he get into that rehab, and hopefully he's taking care of his body, and hopefully he have a good season, because I do think the kid was pretty good. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about Mac Wilson, a fifth-round pick out of Alabama. John Dorsey, you did your thing. Did you hear me? John Dorsey, you did your thing. I really like this pick. I didn't really notice him in Alabama. I'm going to be honest. Alabama puts out linebackers. And ever since Reggie Ragland, I've been kind of disappointed in their linebackers that they put out. They had another kid went in the first round ever since. I mean, it was ever since or something like that. Went to Tennessee. And he hasn't even been good. So, like I said, it's a lot of guys that they get, man, that come out of that Alabama system at the linebacker position. And they don't show up, man. They're, they're not who we thought they were going to be. They're not as dominant as they were in uh, the college rankings. And a lot of that has to do with Nick Saban. Nick Saban is the mastermind. You know, you're not drafting the player. You're drafting the system. And if you can adjust your system to a little bit of what Nick Saban does, then you maybe can work with some of his players. 
But if you don't, if you don't got that system, if you trying to install a different system, like sometimes they take an outside three, four linebacker and put them at a stand up linebacker middle wheel or mic, and it doesn't work. In this situation, it actually worked, man. Mac Wilson, he has range. He had range that I didn't know he had. Excellent, excellent, excellent ball skills. Don't throw the ball around him. I'm telling y'all, this kid is going to be the truth. I see Pepper Johnson. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not going to say Craig Robinson, but he reminds me a lot of Craig Robinson because he can run. And we remember Craig Robinson, he ended up going down there with New Orleans. He ended up going ahead and getting really good with them. They got another one of our former linebackers, Demario Davis, which was an all-pro this year. I don't know why they got rid of him anyway. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, Mac Wilson, he was the steal of the draft for our team this year. And I think he might have been the steal of the draft overall. This kid was, he was amazing. If I can cuss, I would do it. Uh, Joe Schober, like I said, my opinion about Joe Schober is he wasn't that good. I know it's a lot of people out there is like just demoralized by the fact that we don't have Joe Schober. Joe Schober is the heart of the defense. Joe Schober made 140 some tackles. Joe Schober is sideline to sideline. No, Joe Schober wasn't. He was not a sideline to sideline linebacker. He was a linebacker that had to stick his nose up in there, but he was always a step slow. And Joe Schober wasn't built for those hits. I guarantee Jacksonville will never, listen to me, never, Whatever. never get their money that they invested into this guy. This guy will be hurt next year. I don't care what anybody say. <laughs> Moving on, I, I, can I talk about Taki Taki? I mean, Taki Taki, the guy that they said that they could not live without. Um, I mean, look, we got mad because they fired uh, Alonzo Highsmith, Elliot Wolf Jr. You know, I mean, look, we got mad because they fired him. But these are the same guy, and it was more of the, uh, the Wolf Jr. It was more of the son that was vouching for Taki Taki, saying he was the greatest linebacker he has seen since LT. Then <laughs> I ain't talking about Ladanian Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Look. I like Taki Taki. I seen him get in a couple plays. It was small sample size, so I do not want to prejudge this kid. But what I seen was a guy that was getting blocked all the way downfield. You can't be a linebacker, get caught up in a rush, and you go ahead and get blocked downfield. You got to slip that goddamn guard. You can't let the guard take you all the way out the play. And all it takes is one misstep. And they can take you all the way out the play. So like I said, look, the jury's still out on him. I'm not going to dog him too much because you know how I get uh, before I get into the corners, because I got to say them for last, all y'all know me that, know that used to be my position. What you mean that used to be my, that used to be my position? Whatever. So I'm going to talk about the safeties first. Now, once again, I'm still one of those guys that's a believer in Demarius Randall. I liked it, Randall. I think Randall's a very good player. I think the switch from cornerback to back to safety did him wonders. I think he's an excellent free safety. But just like everybody else said, once he got a little bit of money, it went to his head. He got a little bit of money. He seen that we was thirsty for him. We franchise tagged him. He didn't want to sign a deal. And then he go out there in free agency and get a $3 million deal. We just paid you $9 million. You could have got at least 10 or 12 from the Cleveland Browns. But he bullshitted this year. You know what I'm talking about. He went out there and he did not do what he had supposed to have did. He went out there. 
He was lackadaisical. I think he missed a couple games, especially that big game in Pittsburgh where we needed him. They was throwing up jump balls. That would have been his specialty. But, you know, like I said, he didn't he didn't perform like we wanted him this year. We gave him an opportunity to go check out the, the market, you know, gave him an opportunity to see what they had out there for him. And then, you know, I, I take it that, I mean, at least A.B. would have brought him back. I mean, it was like, come on, man, come back to us. Because they only picked up, we all know, they only picked up strong safeties. Uh, Sadejo, Carl Joseph. I know, I mean, I know that's on the next segment. Hey, look, you ain't going to flag me down? You ain't going to flag me down? <laughs> I know that's on the next segment. But listen, man, Rando could still be here. I am so mad that he ended up going to somebody else. And I think he's going to be excellent for Washington. <laughs> But, yeah, like I said, and I mean, I don't even have a, a strong safety to even talk about. What are we going to talk about, old man Morgan? Let's talk about Julius Peppers, man. Why we get rid of him? Uh, I, I, I digress. I know I got to wrap it up real quick. So let me go ahead and talk about my favorite two players on the team. Denzel Ward and Greedy. Yes, I said it. Greedy Williams. No fly zone. No fly zone. That's all I got to say, man. These kids are coming out of college well-prepared, well-prepared. These guys came out of college and actually went up against some of the hardest receivers in the league. I mean, I've seen these guys going against uh, the Texas receivers. You know, all Patriots do is, I mean, they don't talk about their receivers, but they always go into the Super Bowl. Somebody got to be catching. He did have 50 touchdowns not too long ago. So, like I said, man, like these guys came in the league, was ready, prepared, and ready to go. So I'm proud of the guys you know, how they came out, and I'm proud of John Dorsey again. I got to give him his credit again. This is another pick that slipped to the second round that he did not hesitate to move up and snatch up, and that was very, very smart. And it's going to help us out in the long run because, like I said, we got a couple people on the free agent. I can't talk about them just now because they're going to they gonna push me off of this thing, you know. But uh, these guys were amazing when they came in, even though they missed the first couple games. When they came in, they showed why these are first-round talented players. And I like the T.J. Carey. I don't know why they got rid of T.J. Carey. They kept Money Mitch. You know that's my dog. Money Mitchell, every time he come in, that's why we call him Money Mitch, because he grab an interception or he make a fumble or he does something amazing. He's an excellent, excellent backup, you know, to... Two rookies. I mean, like I said, I mean, Denzel Ward, this is going to be going into his third year. But I still look at him as a, a fresh face because, of course, like I said, he came in young. He came in real young, man. He's not one of those guys that's been in college until they're 24 like Baker Mayfield. He's one of those guys that came out of college when he was 21. Now he's only like 23, 24, and he's going to be a difference maker this year. This year he will be at the Pro Bowl. Mark my words. Put money on it. Guaranteeing that. Uh but, yeah, like I said, the defense overall, they didn't perform to what we wanted them to, but they weren't as bad as years past. I mean, come on, let's be honest. And they could be a lot better. I think it's a very young group. They're only going to get younger, especially with the talent that we did add and that things that we're going in the draft looking for. So, yeah, I definitely, 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 definitely like how the Browns position themselves into free agency. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about all the free agent guys that we got and how they can contribute and how they can help us in so many ways. So stay tuned.
All right, man, I'm about to wrap up the free agency special. Don't act like that. Don't act like y'all ain't happy to hear what I got to say. Whatever. I want to start off with the officer side. You know, like we started off the podcast, I want to start with the officer side of free agency. Uh, we made a couple moves. Some of the moves was a little questionable, you know. Some of the moves were a little questionable. My questionable move, me personally, now I'm not talking about everybody in the world, but my personal questionable move was Alex Hooper. Don't get me wrong. I know what he brings to the offense. And I know what the new coach want to run. He want to run a two tight end set. And when you have a two tight end set, you want to have one athletic guy. And you want to have one inline blocking guy. You need the athletic guy to hit the seams and go deep. And you need the inline blocking guy to find soft spots inside the defense. We finally got that guy. And they paid a hefty penny for it. And that's what I'm saying. Now, of course, they say when you look at George Kittle, new contract, and a couple of other guys, new contract, especially the kid, Zach Ertz, they said they're going to break the bank. So I understand why they paid him the money. But like I said, I mean, if I had to say any questionable, any questionable pick in free agency, that would be mine. I completely understand why you did it. But it just makes our offense so much more better. You know what I mean? It's so much more better. But, and I just want to say this, even though the kid's from Ashland, you know, I guess that's the reason why I got to say him. But Adam Shishishi, I'm going to say it again, Adam Shishishi. Whatever. He was a second round pick for the Chicago Bears. Couple years back, he went to Ashland University. He's a humongous target. I mean, they was calling him the Division Double A Gronkowski for a couple years straight. I mean, the guy was the only player that they had on their team. I actually got a chance to watch some of their games, and I think he could have been had for maybe a fifth round pick this year. He's under contract, so you got a couple good years with him. And like I said, man, this guy can be the same player. Austin. Wait, wait, hold on. The kid Hooper is, but. If you got to pay for a player that you know you truly need in your system and it's going to help your system be even more potent, then listen, I'm all with it. Uh, everybody know it was a no-brainer when they went to go get Jack Cochran. You know, I mean, it was a no-brainer. And I'm be honest with you, in the draft, when we traded down to get Corey Coleman, we should have got him in. I don't understand what they was doing, man. When we passed up from this kid from Michigan State, that could have been the only problem. The only problem could have been he from Michigan State and guys from Michigan don't do good for the Browns. I said it. I said it. I said it. I also like how they went out there and got my boy Case Keenum. Case Keenum, first thing he said is, I know my role. I know what I'm in here to brought in here for. I'm a backup quarterback. Unlike the backup quarterback we had last year, this guy can actually play. And that's not the knock. Our last year backup quarterback, we all know what he was. He was more of a mentor. He was more of a teacher. But we already got coaches. We don't need a coach. We need a guy that can come in here, light the fire underneath Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you can get mad if you want, but we need a guy that can light the fire underneath Baker Mayfield. But nobody like Cam Newton that can actually steal the position. We're paying this guy a lot of money. I mean, he getting average, I think, $10 million a year. But that's okay. I mean, if we're going to pay this guy $10 million a year and he's going to come in here and help Baker, then I'm all down for it. You know, and we all know his track record. 
Case Keenum has been a productive player for the teams that he's been with. Now, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I think he has been a productive player. He hasn't been the best player. And yeah, like I said, when they start getting greedy and giving him money, he really starts showing his true self. But, 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 he still is a he's acceptable backup quarterback. And he's like, you know, I'm not even going to say acceptable. I'm not even going to say acceptable. Let me take that back. He's a luxury backup quarterback. That's better. I like that a little bit better. Okay, well, I think this guy is a really good backup quarterback. If I went into a season with him as my starter, I'd be a little bit worried. But as a backup quarterback, you pretty much can't get no better. Uh, moving over to the decent defensive side, this is a guy. Look, everybody's looking over this guy. I don't know why they just sitting over here acting like he's a nobody. <laughs> B.J. Goodson is the same linebacker that came from Clemson, and he played the same way that Isaiah Simmons is playing. Let me say this again. He playing the same way Isaiah Simmons is playing. It's not a joke. This guy used to fly around the field everywhere for Clemson. He got drafted by the Giants. You know, when you go to New York, they have so much high expectations for every player that they get, and they only get players from the draft. They're not the team that go out there and do anything in free agency. I'm telling you, this guy is going to be good. They traded him to Green Bay last year. It was the last year of his contract. They knew he was going to go in there trying to look for an extension. He went out there and played for Green Bay. Green Bay, they ended up getting two defensive, I don't want to call them defensive ends because they're the Baltimore Raven guys. They play that outside linebacker in that 3-4 system. They consider him a linebacker, but technically they defensive ends. Well, they went out there and got two of those guys, and they got in love with those guys. But they didn't understand they had a two-down linebacker. B.J. Goodson, at this point in his career, I think he's a two-down linebacker. When he came out, we thought he could be a cover linebacker. No. He's not a cover linebacker. I mean, that is the drop-off when it comes to Joe Schobert. But the thing that upgrades from Joe Schobert is he can actually make a tackle. And I don't care what y'all say. B.J. Goodson is one of those thumpers. He come downhill, and if you draw, run a draw play or you try to have that running back come out that backfield, he might not can catch him on a screen route. But if he come out there and it's a run play, B.J. Goodson will have his face up in there. He will be there ready to hit. And that's what you want in a defensive starting middle linebacker. On third down, take his ass out the game. We got Mac Wilson for that. Mac Wilson played a little bit of that, that strong and that will last year. You know, I think he can play Mike in some certain packages. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, BJ Gusson, I, I like what they did. And he kind of reminds me of that Demario Davis in that type of mode. So let's not get rid of him too fast like we did Demario Davis. The next pickup is my second favorite. I mean, this is my second favorite free agency pickup. In the last couple years, this kid, Carl Joseph. <laughs> Carl Joseph is a hitter. Carl Joseph is a hitter. Carl Joseph is a hitter. 
Man, when was the last time we had a hitter back in the safety position? I mean, like I said, old man Morgan couldn't do it no more. We like Morgan Burnett. We understood who Morgan Burnett was when he came to us. He was on his downside of his career when he went to the Steelers. And he came over here and he was even a more downside of his career. And when he came over here, he couldn't make them hits. We remember how Peppers used to be. Hey, I'm going to boo Peppers all y'all want. Y'all going to boo him all y'all want, but Peppers was a hitter. And we loved Peppers when he came with that receiver, tried to hit that seam route, and he thought he had an easy catch. And Peppers would go over there and get that motherfucker penalty. Sometimes you got to take a penalty. And that lets them know, don't run that play no more. And it makes the receivers start short-arming them passes. Well, please believe they're going to be short-arming these passes this year. He should have got paid. Carl Joseph is a first-round pick that came out of West Virginia. He had everybody enamored with his talent when he came out of West Virginia. I mean, some say he's too small to play that, uh, I don't want to say box safety, because that's what he is. He's a box safety. So they tried to move him around to play free safety. He's a hitter. He could only play strong safety. But he has the range that he can't handle the tight ends coming out of the backfield. And he can't handle the running backs coming out of the backfield. He can handle that 8 to 7 to 6 to 10 range if they think they can get a dump off pass. Far as taking him down, 40 yards down the field, 30 yards down the field. Even those post routes that cut in on 20 yards. Even those flare routes that you can get somebody out in the flats. That's where he's good at. Single high tackling. He's a tackling machine. His only downfall is he kept getting hurt. Whatever. I'm telling you, if this kid can stay safe, if this kid, I got tongue tied just thinking about it. If this kid can stay healthy, I'm telling you, we got a whole different back end. We needed somebody in the back end that can come up there and really lay the wood on somebody. And now, with this pickup in free agency, they finally did. But it wasn't over with. They still went out there and got more safety help. Like I told y'all in the last segment when I was talking about the defense, we needed T.J. Carey to come back. T.J. Carey, he went to old Ohio State. Not Ohio State, not the Buckeyes, but I'm talking about the University of Ohio State. <laughs> Man, this kid went out there to Oakland, then he came back here, took a discount just so he can be with his hometown team, and then we played him. And I was mad that they let him go. He ended up getting picked up by the Colts, I think. But I was a little upset they let him go. But then they went around and did something that I thought they would never do. They actually went to go get a decent player in free agency. Kevin Johnson. Now, this guy's a former first-round pick. We all remember him when he came from Wake Forest. And then he went to the Texas. And he was decent for the Texas. But what happens? He kept getting hurt, man. It's sad that these guys come out, man, they have so much hype, they get hit a couple times, or they take on a lead blocker, or they go out there and, you know, stretch their hamstring, and, you know, they, they looked at as a bust, or they looked at as a, a person that never lived up to their talent. This guy is not that tight. Good player, productive player, and I think he's going to have a hell of a year for us. I'm predicting three or four interceptions. Okay, okay, okay. At least about three or four passes defended. Okay, okay, okay. He can be a decent player. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, the next one, I don't want to talk about uh, the, the, the um, guy, Anderson Sandejo. I do like Anderson Sandejo. I mean, I want to say that, man. It's a white kid. And, you know, we don't see a lot of white guys playing 
prominent positions. You know, you don't see a lot of white guys playing receiver. You don't see a lot of white guys playing cornerback. You don't see a lot of white guys playing running back besides name McCaffrey. But this kid is pretty good, man. I don't want him as a starter. I want to repeat that. I do not want him as a starter. He's a box safety just like uh, my kid Carl Joseph. He's a little bit older, 31, 32. So that means he's been around the league. He's been in the system for a very long time, so he has knowledge of the system. And he, he reminds me of that Eric Whittle type of guy, the guy that knows the system, maybe not be super athletic, but can come in there and do a productive job. He's not going to be the guy that's the turnover machine and he's going to give you turnover chains. I mean, he's not going to have the turnover chain on. I mean, he's not that type of player. But he don't miss tackles. And that's one player that you want to be on your team that don't miss tackles at the safety position. I mean, come on. If he misses a tackle, that means it's a touchdown. So I like the fact that they got him just to teach the other guys the system. And he's just not a washed up player. He's still decent. Uh, I like him. I like him. I, I, th I think he's going to help the team, but he shouldn't be on our team next year. That's all I can say. <laughs> the next guy, you know, we got to move on to the defensive line. And there's only, there's only two more guys. I mean, like I said, there's only two more guys, so I ain't going to keep on talking to you guys' head off. But they had a signing of Andrew Billings. You know, my big cuz down there in Texas. He always tell me about Baylor products, and this is another Baylor product. I'm surprised they ain't pick him in the first round. Anybody from Baylor that got a little bit of hype, the Browns take him in the first round. I mean, we did that with Phil Taylor. We did that with Corey Coleman. But Andrew Billings, he's an actual good player, man. He's a defensive tackle, 300-and-something pound guy. He's not one of those nose tackle guys, though. He doesn't one gap or two gap type of guys he's one of those ones that can actually get to the quarterback and at 330 if you can get to the quarterback that means that the ceiling is i mean come on now i can't believe that the Bengals let him go the reason why the Bengals let him go because they picked up that big guy in our uh, free agency but they ended up paying him an arm and a leg so they fucked up on that and let them keep on spending their money unwisely so yeah andrew billings Perfect guy for our team. Perfect player for what we needed right now. So I think he's going to be amazing. And, of course, you know, i got to talk about the pickup of Adrian Claiborne. Anybody know me know I've been beating this drum for a very long time. Adrian Claiborne, when he came out of Iowa, I wanted him. I mean, they ended up getting Kersey in that draft, so they should have just grabbed him too. But, yeah, he, he's a really good pass rusher. He's at the point in his career where he's not a starter, so I will say he's not a starter. But as a rotational starter or as a pass rush specialist, like they like to say, I think he can do a, a, a really good job, man. I think this guy can at least get his eight sacks this year. Okay, I think he can at least get a six sacks this year. No, 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 I ain't going to take that back. Whatever. This guy can get us at least eight to six sacks this year if we use him in the right way and he's good when it comes to the run also he's not one of those guys that's strictly a pass rush specialist he got that frame and he's already been a super bowl champion he's already been an all pro and i think he was an all-american when he was coming out of school former first round pick so we know he got the pedigree so like i said i mean like this guy can be what we wanted him to be he can be that vernon we can pick up a younger pass rusher in a draft maybe not early but we could pick up a young pass rusher in a draft and guess what he can help tutor him and tutor miles garrett too so like i said man a lot of the guys that they picked up in the free agency they were at positions of need and they were good players they had the pedigree 
And I think the way they're doing it, I'm really impressed. You know, A.B., Andrew Barry, I didn't have a lot of faith in you, but looking at what you did so far through free agency, I'm very proud of you. And uh, like I said, let's see what we got. Let's go Browns. Oh, I killed it. it. I 